Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. Today, I am coming at you uh, from the beach. My wife and I are here spending Songkran. So happy Songkran. Songkran is our Thai New Year. It's one of the biggest celebrations here in Thailand. And today is the last day. So it started pretty much on Monday. Today's Sunday. And it's just been a week long of festivities. Before I <clears throat> continue on to my episode, Songkran is definitely a a must-do here in Thailand. It's something you must experience. Obviously, over the last two years, actually three years, uh, the first two years Songkran was canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, this is the first year it wasn't canceled. Uh, so festivities are still kind of limited. Uh, for example, in Bangkok, you actually can't splash water on each other. Uh, just to let you know, Songkran is our Thai New Year. And what that means is, is that uh, you see like people squirting water on each other. They call it the world's largest water fight. But actually, the splashing of the water or pouring water over you, what it means is you're washing away all the negativity and all the bad stuff, and you're starting a new year fresh. Uh, so it's a wonderful celebration, and it's the world's largest water fight. It's so much fun. So we decided to spend it here at the beach because we've never done it before, and the festivities are a little bit more let's just say, uh, laxed. Uh, so uh, beach communities all the way down south from Phuket to Samoy to uh, obviously Pate Jiong Tian, Wahin Chaam, even up north in places like Chiang Mai, there are more people out in the streets and having a good time till the wee hours. So moving on, Today uh, is an interesting podcast. Uh, I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, the first thing is I want to update everyone. So today it is Sunday, April 17th, 2022. I don't normally date stuff, um, but I will because uh, there are a few interesting, should I say, updates on uh, the travel restrictions, which is going to ease up here. And what are the talks? What might happen? Uh, next month in May, maybe June and July. So I'm going to discuss that. And then I'm going to talk about, uh, I briefly touched about it in the past, but I'm going to talk more in detail of why, or should I say how, to make a full-time transition to a place like Thailand. What is the perfect schedule? And I call it the 2-1 schedule. Basically, what the 2-1 schedule is, it's two months, or well, starting off to get adjusted, to this new style of living and living in a new country where a lot of people still have obligations back home like in Sydney or in Melbourne or in England is living two months back home in your western country and then one month here in Thailand and doing that every single quarter. So, And then from that, it's going to go the reverse 2-1 and then eventually full-time. So I'm going to discuss that in detail today. So the very first thing is the visa restrictions, or should I say, uh, the new program that can be releasing. So those that are waiting to get to Thailand, uh, you may have recalled over the last year, we have these, they call it schemes, they're actually programs, like the uh, Test and Go, uh, the Phuket Sandbox, or Bangkok Sandbox. Well, the good thing is that the Thai government is in discussion, uh, so it's a tourism authority, Thailand, is looking to eliminate all that and making it easier for foreigners to come into our country. 
So right now the talks are starting May 1st, which uh, I would not, <laughs> I would not make your plans yet until it's, it's permanently in ink and you see it on the website. Uh, usually Thailand kind of kind of releases things prematurely, uh, and they'll throw out a date, but it's usually maybe one or two months um, behind. So I would say more like June or July. But the new program is going to eliminate all that. So no more having to uh, go online and go to one of these programs, whether it's a sandbox program or a test and go program, apply for uh, the Thailand pass, upload your information uh, three to five days uh, prior to travel. They're gonna eliminate that. And then they're also going to eliminate uh, a, art, uh, a PCR test prior to the arrival of the country. And they're also going to eliminate the one-day quarantine. So basically, the new programs will be a lot easier. Just with your vaccination card, so you still have to be vaccinated, and you have to show proof of vaccination. You're going to come into the country, show your proof of vaccination, uh, and then, <clears throat> or that's how you're going to get in. And then they're going to do a quick uh, ATK test before you actually get out of the airport. And obviously those results, you'll get them within 5, 10, 10 minutes. And that's it. That is it. That is in discussion right now. And like I said, as a tentative date is May 1st, but I would say maybe June 1st or maybe July 1st. And then there's another discussion that even further down the road, they're thinking more like July, which I think is going to be more like August or September. They're thinking of depending on how the outlook of the pandemic is, depending on how much it's spreading, is it still being controlled, the vaccination rate among travelers and so forth. They're thinking of completely eliminating uh, maybe proof of vaccination because there's a number of you or there are a number of people, especially in Western countries like the United States, where half the country refuses to be vaccinated. They still want to come to Thailand, but don't want to be vaccinated. So there is discussion that you can come into the country without being vaccinated, but there will be some requirements, whether it's a uh, PCR test or an ATK test. Definitely an ATK test. I think what's going to happen is, is they're going to say, okay, anyone who's non-vaccinated and refuses to be vaccinated, you can come into the country, but you're going to have to show proof of PCR test three days upon arrival and then, uh, and then a uh, ATK test on arrival. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Uh, so for those of you that aren't vaccinated what's coming to this country, uh, there's a slight possibility you might be able to make it. Uh, so just stay tuned for that. So that is pretty much the updates. So now let's talk about making this transition. And the reason why I uh, kind of decided to do this episode with more details and talk more about how, how expats normally schedule their trips living in two different countries is I literally just woke up. My wife and I just woke up about an hour ago. And uh, so made our coffee and my wife's actually sitting on the patio just um, looking, at the, looking at the water. And... I don't know why, but uh, I just thought there are so many people out there that are 
thinking about moving overseas, but the biggest issue they have is their obligations back home. For example, to family, parents, in-laws, brothers, sisters, other siblings, or even their aunts and uncles or grandparents, uh, you know, they have those obligations. Aside from their businesses, because the great thing about business now is this pandemic has certainly shown that we can work anywhere in the world. All the tools are here from Zoom to Microsoft meetings to whatever it may be. Remote working works and people are more productive. So that's a non-issue. What holds a lot of people back from moving abroad is their relationships or what they conceive or feel as their obligations back home that ties them to their country. Thinking that I can't do it now. Maybe I can do it in three years, five years, 10 years, when we're empty nesters, or when, uh, unfortunately, uh, this, is, this is a conversation I've had with numerous friends and also clients is, or when, uh, their parents uh, pass, then they'll think about making this transition. But there's a solution. And this solution works. And I've been following this program ever since the very first day I stepped foot in Costa Rica 20 years ago. The main thing is, is that it's very hard to just do everything. There are very few people that have done it that I can just literally say, I'm going to sell everything. I'll buy a one-way ticket and I'm going to Thailand and I'm never looking back. There are very, very few people that have that type of confidence. And there are very, even if you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter, but there are very few people that can actually do that. I personally have never done that. I've always followed the two, one schedule in the beginning when I'm first introducing myself to a country. So for an example, over 10 years ago, when I arrived in Thailand, I spent a month here. My very, very first trip. Excuse me one second, I'm just sipping my coffee. You know, the one thing about, about this time of the year in April, it's the hottest time of the, it's blistering hot. So we had the AC cranking like high all the time. In the nighttime, the worst is when the AC is like blowing your face and you wake up with a stuffy nose and that's what's happening right now. So sorry, if it sounds like I'm congested, I am. <laughs> so <clears throat> what happens is, is that when you schedule your first trip, so for example, when I schedule my first trip to Thailand, a lot of people don't give yourself enough time. You'll do maybe a week or two weeks. If you can, try to do 30 days. 30 days is such a great way to get settled into the country and get settled in one specific area. I'm not talking about doing 30 days and looking and trying to explore every single part of Thailand. I'm talking spending 30 days here in maybe one or maybe two cities. I spent it in two different cities, but most of the time I uh, was, uh, was in Ubon uh, with some friends of mine, and then the other part was in Bangkok. So I spent the full month here. And that full month, just that month alone, if you might have referred back to my first original podcast episodes uh, 10 years ago, or over 10 years ago, 
There was something about Thailand that was so different from Costa Rica or any Latin country or any uh, Southern European country. Just with my experience of doing this for decades, trying to find that piece of paradise, I just knew there's something different about Thailand. And I, and I was confident telling myself, I really feel that this is the country that I'm going to settle down in. <clears throat> I finally found my place. And I'm confident about it. And this was just being in Ubon, is in this in this little city that was just filled with universities and colleges, super nice people, not really a lot to do. Uh, there's a Muay Thai gym, uh, really a couple of Muay Thai gyms there, um, Muay Thai camps there. But when I went to Bangkok, that's when I was like, wow, okay, this this is this gives me the flavor of everything. So then after that, I obviously, every time I came back, I spent a month here. And I only spent it in Bangkok after that first initial trip. Then, I, then after that, obviously, I bought my first place. So making a transition, what I did was every single quarter, so I was in Thailand four times out of the year. I was here for one month, back in the States for two months and so forth. That schedule works so well. Actually, for those of you that are thinking about this, how long can this last? I have clients that I still know from the days of Costa Rica, and I still stay in contact with these clients, that still do the same thing 20 years later in Costa Rica. They spend two months in the States, one month in Costa Rica, every single quarter. It just works out for them and it works very, very well. Because that schedule, what it allows you to do is, it allows you to break free. So one of the great things about coming to Thailand that you might have heard some other episodes is that it allows you to kind of refresh, rejuvenate, get centered again, get healthy. Because when you're in your home, there's a lot of chaos. It's chaos in your business, whether you're an entrepreneur or some executive, there's chaos with your personal life, whether it's your relationships, your kids, whatever it may be, but there's always some sort of chaos, and it's nice to detach away from that. I'm not saying to leave your family, I'm saying take, take them too, because it's the environment. So for one month out of every quarter, if you can detach yourself from that type of negativity, put yourself someplace else like in Thailand, where... That stuff is completely out of sight, out of mind. Well, all you're doing is filling yourself with great experiences, great food, uh, the culture, uh, sightseeing, just experiencing new things. You fill your time with lots of joy. And that's why this schedule works. Because you get, you get all the good stuff about Thailand, but then you can go back to the States, go back to UK, go back to Canada, Australia, and still maintain your relationships. In fact, some of your relationships may say, yes, we need a break from you, just like you need a break from us. So by you leaving for one month every quarter, that actually makes their relationship a little bit stronger. Have you ever noticed that with some people? Well, actually, it's with a lot of people. 
some of their relationships are extremely strong because they're not spending every single waking hour with each other. And sometimes when you're close to one another for such a long period of time, you start getting on each other's nerves, whether it's with other family members, or other friends, coworkers, employees, business partners. And it's nice to just detach yourself from that. And that's what the schedule does. It gives you the flavor of everything. So you don't have to wait a year from now, three years, five years, ten years from now, waiting for these relatives to pass or waiting for the kids uh, to get out of school and this and that. I mean, I know of, for example, I know of another family that moved here and their kids are in high school. Their kids don't come with them all on every trip. They're in high school and they're responsible young adults. So when their parents come here, their kids are at home for a month. And then, but when they come here during the summer, the kids come with them for the full month too. So it really just works out well. And you can make it work. So if your dream of living in Thailand has to be postponed because of your family obligations or other obligations at home, I can assure you, if you follow this 2-1 schedule, you can have your cake and eat it too. So let me discuss how this evolves. So what happens is, is the first few years of living in Thailand, I was in this 2-1 schedule. One thing that's great about this 2-1 schedule, if you fly with the same carrier, obviously, you're going to hit elite status very quickly. And I always fly with the same carrier. Like I, uh, in the past, it was, when I first started, it was United. Uh, but then United stopped the route. And then I, I decided not to go with any sort of domestic U.S. Uh, US airlines because of the worst customer service. And I started flying uh, the foreign carriers, Asian carriers like Ava, uh, Thai Airways, before they canceled the routes. Uh, Japan Airlines, ANA, uh, because just the service was better, or even Cathay or Singapore Airlines. So I always fly, just I pick one carrier. The one carrier I like is Korean Airlines. Korean Airlines has one of the best routes from Las Vegas. It goes from Las Vegas direct to Seoul, to Incheon, and then from Incheon uh, direct to Bangkok. It's a great route. And my mom, we actually take the same exact airlines for Taiwan, same exact thing. You go from Vegas to Incheon, and then from Incheon direct to Taipei. Excellent route, excellent service, excellent food. Uh, you pay a little bit more, maybe $100 to $200 more, but it's completely worth it just to have that extra comfort, leg room, and especially the level of service. It's like the flight attendants, when you're calling on them, asking them for stuff, they don't feel like it's inconvenience like domestic carriers. It's like they don't want to serve you. It's like get it yourself or why are you bugging me? And I've always felt that. It just, and, and that's why you always see foreign carriers like Korean Airlines, like Ava, um, which is uh, from Taiwan, or Japan Airlines or ANA or Singapore Airlines have always rank one of the highest for customer service. So by doing this 2-1 this schedule, coming here four times a year, you will earn your elite status really, really quick. And I don't need to go over, but just really quickly, for those that aren't frequent flyers, when you learn elite status, uh, you get domestic upgrades, uh, you get 
Uh, you get lounge access, and especially lounge access is so important when you're stuck. There have been times I had these long transits through Inchon, through Seoul, literally for eight hours. Eight hours. Isn't that crazy? But the great thing is, is that Korean Airlines has a, has a killer, uh, killer lounge. So I'm just sitting there for eight hours. And I don't mind because you know what I'm doing for eight hours? Yeah, I'm doing my reading. They have this huge spread of food. So usually I arrive really early. And so, uh, so I get the change of food twice. So the first is always a breakfast. And then after that, I change out to like, um, to like lunch and dinner. But the food changes out. And they have Korean food, Western food, all different other types of Asian food. All the beer and wine that you can drink and soft drinks. It's just a wonderful experience. So, And then I take a shower. Take a shower when I arrive. And then take a shower before I depart. So it makes spending time in the airport so much better. So earning elite status, there are many, many benefits. But then what happens is, is that uh, the first couple of years, I started spending more time. Then I did the reverse two one. So quickly, I went from just spending one month out of the quarter here to two months out of the quarter. Did that for many, many years. Then eventually, I'm here full time. I'm only back in the States for holidays and that's it. But that is the schedule that works. Because this is what happens. And this is such a shame is imagine... Imagine when you're a kid and you have a dream of, let's just say, being a football player or being a, um, yeah, I, I, just a football player. And let's say you're super talented and you actually have a shot of playing in college and then playing in the NFL because you're that just naturally talented. But you decide just kind of keep putting it off because... Your parents tell you that, oh, playing football, uh, it's, it's too hard to get into the NFL. Uh, you should concentrate on your studies. You should be a doctor instead. You're also super smart. So eventually over time, you kind of tend to believe your parents because you have those obligations. You want to make your parents happy. You start to, you start to believe in that lie, and you don't take that leap. You don't, you don't take that chance. And there are a lot of people that have natural talent like that that give it up because they want something more conservative. So they never get a touch. They never get a feel. Some of them may get a little flavor of it if they start playing college ball, but then they give up. Something happens. The analogy of that is, is that it kind of applies to this is, is that if you keep postponing your dream of living in a foreign country like Thailand eventually over time, you're just going to stop. You're going to start believing in that inner alive yourself is I have obligations here. I can't move. There's no way I can do it without making everyone happy. Well, I can tell you there is. And it's a shame when people just definitely forego and write off the idea of living abroad and they live through the rest of their life unhappy. Because like I said, there's just so much here to offer a Western expat here in Thailand that surpasses all other 
expat havens. But just by doing a simple schedule of two, one, one month here, two months back home, you get your cake and eat it too. You get a brief glimpse of what it's like. And when you have that brief glimpse and you love it, and you're like, this is everything I've ever dreamed about, you make more of an effort to make changes in your environment back home to make sure that you're trying to spend more time here. Then obviously that one month becomes two months. Then that two months eventually becomes full time. So don't wait. Don't keep fooling yourself saying, I can't because I have kids. Well, I can tell you there are plenty of expats that live here in Thailand that have kids. And they're in international schools here. They make it work. You can too. And it's not just the Western expats. There's Asian expats that live here too. From China, from Japan, from Korea, from Taiwan. They're from all over. And they make it work. There are plenty of expats here that have elder parents back home. They also make it work. In fact, if anything... Let me give you another scenario. Let's say that you make a comfortable living. You're not, you're not some, you know, you you don't have an eight-figure nest egg. You're not worth 20 million, 15 million, or 30 million. But maybe you have a very comfortable, you've done done very well, you and your wife uh, run your own business, and you have a net worth of 5 million. Her parents are alive, your parents are alive, and you have kids. And your obligation is is you don't want to leave because your parents and her parents rely on both of you to take care of them for financial support. And also you want to be by them. But then again, the problem with is they're old school. The, the, The idea of them living in a place like Thailand where they think that people are freaking living and they have outhouses, there's no uh, indoor sewage or plumbing to this stupid stuff and this stereotype and that stupid stereotype, there's no way they would move here. How you overcome that is you force it on yourself first. By doing a 2-1 schedule, they get more custom of you coming here. Then you start showing them pictures and they're like, wow, that is beautiful. Oh my God, that's your new home? That's gorgeous. Oh my God, I would have, I would have never thought Bangkok looked like that. I thought that Bangkok was just some third world country. So over time, through pictures and experiences, they're getting more and more comfortable with the fact of, wow, Thailand is actually not that bad. And then you eventually flip them. I have seen that numerous times. That's how you flip a person, an individual, individuals in your family that were very hesitant in moving. That's how you flip them. You have to make the initial plunge first. You have to jump in to the ice cold pool water before they jump in there. Then it's just baby steps and they will eventually, eventually get here too. And with someone that has, let's just say, like yourself, that's $5 million. With $5 million, you can literally stop right now, 
And like my prior podcast episodes, when I say retire everyone, you can bring everyone, your kids, your whole, both sets of family here, retire everyone. Nobody has to work anymore. If they work, it's just for, it's just they're doing what they, they're passionate about, working on passion projects, doing what they absolutely love, developing talents or whatever it may be, or developing a new business where it's not generating income yet. But with five million, everyone would have nice homes. Not home, homes. Everyone would have, a, have two homes, one in the city, one in the beach. There would be enough money uh, to last them for the rest of their life, to pay for education, to pay for, pay for everyday living expenses, and to pay for health care. You definitely can't do that in any Western country. If you are a family of four, it's you and your husband, two kids, let's just say in high school, or maybe younger than that, maybe junior high in elementary, and both sets of your parents are still alive, husband's side and your side, $5 million, uh, that is really just enough for your immediate family, which is you, your husband, your kids. They can't take care of your parents and in-laws. There's not enough to go around. Here there is. And then when it comes down to visa requirements, here's the one benefit of the, of the 2-1 schedule. The benefit is, is that if you're not aware, coming to Thailand, you get a free 30-day visa. So with a 2-1 schedule, you don't have to apply for an extension. You're here for 30 days, which is a free visa. That expires, you go back home. And again, I did that for a long, long time, for a few years. So then as you progress and spend more time here, and you go to the reverse 2-1, where you're two months here in Thailand, one month back in your home country, then you can apply for visa extension. You arrive. I always recommend doing that within the first one to two days upon arrival. Get it over. Get it done with. You arrive to Bangkok the very next day. Uh, you head down to immigration with an extra passport photo and all your documents from your passport, photocopies of your passport, uh, your flight itinerary. And then you go to immigration. It's a, it's a half day to a full day process. Yes, it does take some time. Let's just say it's a half day as long as you go there early. And then you can apply for your, your, your one-month extension. So it gives you a full 60 days here in this country. And it's only $60 more. And I did the same exact thing. Did that for about a year or two. Then after that, switch you to full-time. And then when you're here full-time, you have a couple options. If you're 50 and above, you can, you can apply for your retirement visa. Uh, if you have the funds, which I recommend, is the Thai Elite Visa, which I speak extensively about that in prior podcast. Playing a, it's a, it's a, basically pay and play. Uh, so you pay, let's just say, about twenty five thousand dollars, and then you get an automatic uh, twenty year Thai Elite Visa that allows you uh, multi entry. It's a wonderful, wonderful program, and it's just very unique here in Thailand. Very successful program. Uh, all of my, vast majority of my clients just offer the Thai Elite Visa. 
And then there is a new visa coming right down the pipeline. It's not been approved yet. It's going to be the investor's visa. So by investing in a minimum of 30 million baht, which is $1 million, uh, you, uh, $1 million US, that allows you, and you can do it into a business, you can do it into real estate, just whatever it may be, invest 30 million baht, so $1 million here in Thailand, that will allow you to receive a 10-year work visa and that is a huge, huge benefit, tremendous benefit. So that hasn't been approved. Hopefully be approved maybe later this year, maybe early next year, but that is also coming down the pipeline. So to wrap things up, I just wanted to really shed some light to everyone. You know, over this last week, the great thing is, is that I'm so happy for some of these beach cities and the resorts are full of local ties to uh, to foreigners. I'm seeing more and more foreigners here. I'm seeing how happy they are uh, and picking up some conversations there and there that, you know, so many people are just like, oh my God, I've been waiting two years to get here. I've been waiting two and a half years to get here. I'm waiting almost three years to get back here and I finally get to make it. And it's everything they've always dreamed about. Uh, the people that have been coming for many years that weren't allowed to come, they're just so happy to be back. So just a lot of smiling faces out there. So I just don't want you to throw away your dream of being able to live in Thailand because of your obligations back home. You can make it work with this schedule. And also, by the way, is uh, just really quickly, I'm seeing through my analytics, a lot more people listening on Amazon Alexa devices. So, um, so uh, that's fantastic. I actually do the same. I have both Amazon and Google uh, smart speakers, and I do the same exact thing. Uh, it's a wonderful and a very easy way to listen to podcasts uh, through a Amazon smart speaker. And it's really cool that I actually get to see this analytics. And that, that percentage is really, really increasing rapidly. And then the other thing, too, I also want to talk about, uh, I just want to end this with Thailand is, you know, the latest headlines especially coming from the United States, I'm seeing more and more violent crime. It's now like serious violent homicides and gun violence left and right, left and right. And now this, this new thing that's happening in L.A. was well, not new, but it's increasing, which is uh, these follow-home robberies where people are eyeing people that have nice cars, nice watches, nice accessories, following them back home and robbing them. Folks, the crime isn't increasing because of, you know, it's some trend. Crime is increasing because people are making less money. Crime is increasing because more and more people can't afford basic things like housing, basic things like gasoline, buying food. I guess uh, because it's new avian flu, dozen eggs are going to be over $3 a dozen now. Or here, I still get a dozen for like, I don't know, like cheap as 50 cents, 75 cents, definitely under a buck. And they're the brown cage-free eggs that would normally, I guess, cost five bucks in the States. And with China 
with Shanghai being locked down. Now they're talking about Guangzhou being locked down. These are two manufacturing hubs, especially Guangzhou. So that means more of effective supply chain issues. And it's, affect, it's going to affect Western countries more than affects Asian countries. As I mentioned so many times, I see no effect of supply chain issues here for everyday living. Food is plentiful. Food is cheap. The only thing is we have a slight uptick in gasoline, but not as much as we see what I'm seeing in the States or other Western countries. And then now I'm reading that people have to realize that food costs are going to continue to increase. And then now with more supply chain issues on the horizon, more shortage of basic supplies. And that's a shame. That's not living, folks. And the supply chain issue, as it progresses longer and longer, that means it's even add more years for it to normalize. So trying to, trying to get back or trying to think what life was back in 2019 prior pandemic, that life isn't going to come maybe five or ten years from now. So why suffer? Why continue to suffer every single day, every single year? And just say, I'm done with it. I have enough money. I'm going to Thailand. And the other thing, too, is it's not just the gun violence. It's not just the robberies. It's not just the increasing cost. But also, every single analyst or major analyst to billionaires are now, and banks are now predicting a definite recession in the United States in the very, very near future. So now let's add all that. So you got rapid increase in violence. You got rapid increase inflation, which is obviously costing you uh, more money to buy goods and services. And then uh, this shortfall supply chain issues, increase in vehicles, um, housing, because it costs more to build a house too. So now everything's going up. Now throw on a recession on top of that. I mean, just how much worse can it get? Well, it's going to get worse. If you think the worst is behind you, it's going to get worse. So like I said, sometimes you just have to say, F it. I'm done with this. I need to be happy. And I need to get the hell out of here. And like I said, as you don't have to just snap your fingers and think it's this big giant ordeal moving overseas. Do it gradually. With a 2-1 schedule. Just come here for one month. Then go back. Try it out. I can almost assure you, those of you that are subscribed and listening to my podcast and are excessively been researching about living in Thailand... When you fall that fault, when you when you work on that schedule, you will be you will be spending more time here sooner than expected, without a doubt. Because everything you researched has now come true. Because you experienced it firsthand. Then you're like, oh my god, it's even better than I expected. So you're going to do everything you can to get here, just like I did.
just like every other expat that I talk to, doing everything they can to get here. I was just talking to another expat, him and his wife, he has a Thai wife, and he's from the UK, uh, just outside of London. And, uh, and he said, I, I just can't live in England anymore. I have to get out. And he was doing this part-time schedule back and forth. Uh, his wife didn't want, to go to, didn't want to go to England. She's been there. She's yucky weather, lousy food, everything's overly expensive, boring. So she prefers to stay in Thailand, which I don't blame her. And she actually lives in Bangkok, where they live in Bangkok. So he goes back because he has a mom back home. And he has a mom and dad. So they're both alive and some relatives. So he goes home for them. But then now he's just like, you know what? I've had it. I just can't do it anymore. And now he's here. Uh, it's the reverse 2-1. Uh, he's actually here uh, two months at a time and then one month uh, back in England. But he's actually been here for the last six months because he, he, he applied for his retirement visa. So he thinks that he's going to be here for five months and then go one month uh, back to England. So he'll only be back there two times out of the year. That's it. He's trying to get his parents here too. So make your dream come true. There's no sense in delaying. It can happen. You can make it work. I've made it work. Just like millions of others have made it work, you can too. It's just a matter of executing it. It's just stop talking about it. Stop wishing on it. You can do it. And you can do it now. Because the entry requirements of Thailand is going to ease up and it's going to get easier to get here. So I really hope that you make the plunge because it truly is a paradise as I painted this picture for the last decade. And we'll see you soon.